Right, I think I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey guys, I'm JT from Max Inc. Thanks for listening to the Bearded Fin Podcast and check you later. In this episode, I chat to JT from Max Inc. South Africa. Max Inc. South Africa sells motorcycle accessories. We chat about how the business started, how it has grown over the last five years. JT tells me about his love for motorcycles and explains this is why he does what he does. We end up with him expressing his desire to actively build custom motorcycles in the future. Hey, 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 it's Podcast Friday, and thanks for joining me again. Uh, I think the intro for this week's episode pretty much tells you what the episode's going to be about, so I'm not going to waste any time. Here's this week's episode. It's rock and roll. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, have you listened to the podcast? I have, so I listened to um, some of it with um, Joe Fleming. Oh, okay, yeah, so you yeah. know Joe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then um, I heard Jackie's one as well. Yeah, it's very cool. Cool. Okay, like good. It, like it. Good, so you know the vibe. Eh? Yeah. So nice and relaxed and everything. Yeah, nice. So I don't know, just talking about Joe, did you see, I don't know if you follow them on Instagram yes. and all that, so you saw he's doing I that. I am so jealous. I know. Because one of the things <laughs> I've had on my little bucket list is um, they do one to the Himalayas. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, that Himalayan yeah. trip, which is, I mean, I just love adventure as well. But you know, then life happens and... Yeah, so yeah, life falls busy. by the wayside. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really um, glad for for Joe and envious and like yeah. all at the same time. You know that yeah. he's following all these things and doing them. It's flipping epic. Yeah. So and, um, I think they're gonna. Well, I mean, there was a bit of a recce um, trip that they've done. Yes. And so next year they're actually gonna offer the tour yeah. that they've just done now. I so think that'll be one thing that I'll be joining. I yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't know what time of the year they're gonna do it. If they're gonna do it this time of the year, it's such a bad time of the year. Yeah. For me, because you just like you've done your December holiday, yeah, yeah, you just yeah. got and back. January's got seventy four days, and, and then yeah, it's like you're yeah. off, off to India again. And I know? think this one's cool because, like Himalayas, one like you could almost die. Yes, you know that. Like you, there's some serious parts there that um, you put a foot wrong and you could possibly not come back. Yeah, that's right. Where through what I've seen through Joe's great images and videos and so on is like this one looks like, like pure adventure in the jungle type thing yeah really roughing it because I, I used to do some hiking when i was a bit younger and hiking used to give me that feeling of um whatever you needs on your back yeah and you just sleep out there yeah. and it's like you got to push through like yeah you can't be a wuss you know you gotta yeah, yeah. dig deep and look for your inner man <laughs> and 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 push through and and, and i like that type of thing yeah well it's deep. not yeah so i would I'd, I'd like to be able to do that trip Maybe, I mean, we can, maybe been, we can do it together. Yeah. Well, I've been to India before on business okay. many, many years ago, and I really enjoyed India. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind going back. And that Himalaya trip has always been in the back of my mind. Yes. But it would be nice to do something different. Yeah. Because there, like you said, it's not it's not the Himalaya thing. It's, it's Yeah, it's a little bit it's yeah. a little bit different. I was Actually, in fact, today I was looking at every night ago, and I go and look at videos of that Himalaya trip. And they've mm. put together quite a nice video, like a concise video of the whole tour type thing now yeah and there's some hairy stuff on that trip man yeah yeah. there's some and it's like almost like you get the you get the feeling that the only thing they can go up there is a is a royal infield because someone was telling me they had done the trip and that that single cylinder engine just the way that it idles yeah just idles you through all the mud (laughs) and all that stuff you don't actually have to do anything it's like in first gear and you let the clutch out slowly and you and just let it just, do, do its work you it's know? got the right rpm rate yeah, to just exactly. get you through there without <laughs> panicking too much sometimes we overthink things you know yeah no absolutely if we could we'd be taking you know triumphs or gs's with you know all of this and special tires and whatever yeah i saw on, on this trip now there was a guy with an e-storm yeah <laughs> you know going up and you think with road tires on mm. Yeah, all about that adventure. Yeah, that's crazy. Good on yeah. him. It was great. Yeah. Anyway, JT, thanks for coming through. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, obviously, the reason why I wanted to chat to you was about your business. Yes, thank which you. Which is Max Inc. That's it. How did it all start? I, a couple of years ago, I think it was about 2013, 14, I had an 1100 RBMW, which we used as a tourer. And um, 
I thought maybe I must, you know, I started getting into the custom market. And I thought maybe I can chop this thing up a bit and so on. And I want, I'll, I like to be hands on and do a lot of it myself. And I started looking for products. And at the time when I did that research, there was very few people offering what I was looking for, which was custom parts for like a cafe racer or, you know, whatever you want to build. Um, you know, being at a custom headlight, a taillight, whatever. You could, even then, to order stuff through eBay and whatever, a lot of people weren't doing it and so on. And that's how basically it came about. So my searches on, on the internet led me through an international site and um, they had really amazing stuff. Ah, Jesus, stuff. So, so I, I emailed him and I said, look, what's it going to cost to get it to South Africa? He was in Australia and so on. And we started, a really nice guy called Clint, Australian guy, he actually started... Um, Max Inc. International. And we, we, we got along and uh, we started chatting. And he's like, can you not get any of this in South Africa? I said, well, little bits and pieces, you know, almost like similar, but not what you've got. Yeah, that it's was not like a one-stop no, no, shop. Absolutely not. That was to, yeah. And I do understand why being in it now. Is it a niche market? Yeah. As we know, biking in the country is not the biggest market in the world. We know that. So if you take that as a percentage and you take custom bikes, it's like, you know, like 10% of the whole biking market, it's really small. So I understand, you know, big conglomerates and so on aren't interested in getting involved in a business with smallish turnovers and things like that. So that's probably why it didn't exist. Anyway, after chatting, I was so excited. Uh, I could get somebody. He says, listen, why don't you, you know, let's do a deal. I'll give you the license for Africa or Southern Africa. And you try and move it there. And at the time, I was working for myself from home, basically running a media company. And um, I had all the marketing know-how in terms of, um, you know, AdWords and, and social media and so on. So for me, I'd been involved prior in, in big corporate business as well. So I, I, I did have the experience and the knowledge just to combine everything, like start a business, get it off the ground. I was like a one-man band. I, I didn't have to hire big ad agencies and so on to do all of that for me. So... I did it. I took the plunge and I said, let's do it. And my first shipment barely filled a little shelf in my garage. Oh, yeah? And and I built the entire website. So I, once I gave him the go-ahead and we signed contracts and so on, um, I said, right, now I'm going to start with a website, then we'll place our first audience on. And I think he was expecting, you know, maybe 30, 40 days before we get to that point and so on. And I dropped him my email four days later and I said, the website's ready. I'm ready to place the first order. It's all done. And mm. it was an absolute shock. I think up till that point, he thought I was joking. And we did that. I, I just took the plunge because um, the passion's there and I just really wanted to do it. And my first shipment came in and it was tiny. And I put my, you know, out of 700 items, I maybe had 20 if I was lucky. And I just put them out there. I started marketing them on social media. And I gave myself two weeks before I would get my first order. And it wasn't even two days and I had my first order. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's where it started. So it started as a passion wanting to build a bike. I then, and it's grown and grown from there. So um, it, it's not massive, but it's, it's cool. I mean, they say if you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Yeah, and that's, that's right. pretty much where I am. Um, yeah. I'm just enjoying life. I enjoy being with people. I enjoy um, doing what I do, dealing with like-minded people that like motorbikes and so on. So um, I'm never going to be a wealthy guy out of it, but I'm re just really enjoying life. Yeah. Well, I suppose happiness is not really about being, you don't necessarily have to be wealthy to be yeah. happy. Yeah. Well, know? it does help. It's nicer to cry in a Lambo. Yeah, than, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, um, I, I I did some I made some good money my previous lifetime you know working in corporate and so on and I worked overseas and that type of thing and I was pretty miserable and you'd think that's a weird thing but it it's true yeah and then I went through some changes in in my life and I sort of like had an opportunity as a clean slate to start again and with nothing I was ground zero literally oh really and I thought okay now this time I want to do what I want to do yeah. I, I can't deal with the the meetings to plan meetings and um, projection meetings and marketing mm. meetings. And um, I'm from a creative space. So being from a creative space, there's, there's guys that enjoy that type of thing. But when you from the creative, it, it sort of like limits you um, in a way. You feel trapped being in all these meetings. You want to be out there. You want to be doing stuff. 
So this was perfect for me. I could deal with people every day. I could um, build motorcycles, uh, you know. So it's just, um, the way it's grown, it, it's grown with a solid foundation. So it's grown slowly. Having said that it's been five years, it's gone from a little shelf in my garage and into a little tiny store about, I don't know, six by six meters. I think it was just less than that. And now we probably have five, six times that space. Right. So um, it's been a, a slow progress, but I believe that's when the solid foundations are, are, are built. It hasn't been done with, you know, feeder investment or um, angel investment or anything. It's just been... Whatever I make, yeah. Whatever yeah. I make, I put back into the business, and um, and 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 that's the way it's gone. And I'm yeah, I'm pretty proud of that to be honest. Yeah. You know. So uh, you're still doing your media stuff? Or? I do, I do. I still have. I do. I, I've got a, a couple of customers on on in the media space. We, well, I um, design websites. Uh, we do social media marketing. Um, okay. Uh, CI, you know, all the brand identity, developing logos, and then just putting it out there. Um. Yeah, so a lot of it is in the tourism sector, yeah, especially stuff to Mozambique and, and so on, all types. And then I've got I've got other agencies or other companies that like plant hire and things like that. So, but it's stuff that's quite manageable, you know, with with the internet and that idea, you can do that type of thing from anywhere. Yeah, sure. As long as the customer is seeing results, they look for the. Their stats at the yeah. end of the month. How many hits did we get? Did we do sales? Yes, no. As long as you're producing that, I could be sitting on a beach and doing it. Yeah, you know? sure. So, yeah. so w we did scale down because you know Max Inc has taken up a lot of my time now. So you got to be fair to everybody. Um, but some customers, you know, they are sort of like almost said to say, "Listen, won't be able to help you anymore." And then a couple of months and by, and they came back and I said, "Listen, we can't find anybody doing what you did because it was that personal." Yeah, the personal they could touch, phone me yeah. anytime. There wasn't yeah. this nonsense of you know emails and only Monday to Friday. So they would WhatsApp me. Listen, my email is not working. Or can you add this pic to my website? Or I saw this on Facebook. What do you think? And they would WhatsApp me. And it's it, ad agencies don't offer that. Well, they can't. I mean, they're big and all that type of thing. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it's still going. And obviously now we manage Max Inc as well. So it's cool. That's great. So going back to Max Inc, you said you said it's an international company. Yes. Are they only in Australia or are they? So they in the states. Okay. In the states, um, in the Netherlands, in Australia, Germany, um, very big in England. Uh, so a lot of the European countries, Portugal and so on, a lot of the European companies. Australia is also very big. It all just started in in Australia. So we or Max Inc produced and put together everything in Australia at a stage. Okay. And then Clint owner used to fly to China to source raw materials. They used to go out and source aluminium and source LEDs, fly it all back to Australia, manufacture, put it all back together and so on. Oh, so it, do they manufacture the stuff in Australia? Yeah, so that's how it was. It okay. became too expensive. Oh, right. It became way too expensive and um, it just wasn't competitive anymore. Right. So while he was in China he decided let's move HQ and all the people to China. So um, pretty much like Apple, you know, where you've got your, um, you take your workforce and, and, and you move them over there, but you've still got the knowledge and so on. But your space, if you're hiring a warehouse, for example, mm. it's a lot more cost effective. Yeah. Your raw materials, now you don't have to ship. So now it's cheaper, mm. you know, because you've got to be very competitive in this market. So, so our manufacturing and everything now all happens in, in China. And I'm not scared to say that because everything happens in China. Absolutely. Your iPhone is made in China. Yeah. Your Samsung TV is made in China. Mm. So it all depends how it gets managed and yeah. who controls it and what the quality control is like and so on. China is just another country. It's who you got working for you and what your, what your R&D department does and what your quality standards are like. The fact of the matter is, is that it's cheaper to do business there um, and it's cheaper to source materials there. So we have our own R&D department. So a lot of our, we've got a range called Concepts, which is a high-end range to compete with like your Rizomas and motor gadgets and so on. So we design and manufacture all of those items. Um, then we also, we also outsource items. So for example, LED lights for your Harley Davidsons and so on. They might all look the same on eBay and AliExpress and Alibaba, but I promise you they're not all built the same. So what we will do is we'll go to a factory 
and we'll have conversations with them and we'll select one of their styles, for example, like a LED insert for, for Harley. But we'll use, we'll, so we'll, we'll give them a set of standards that we want. So we have a contract with um, certain manufacturers. So we'll say, okay, we want Osram chips in our headlights or we want Philips chips. So those will be manufactured and solely for us. So we do outsource certain products as well. But then it's um, manufactured according to, to our to your standards. Yeah. The problem with that and making it in China is that it's going to get copied. Hmm. And our stuff gets copied. So I've, I've had people send me a picture of something and saying, oh, this is cheaper on, on eBay. And, and I need to explain, well, that's a knockoff of one of our products. Yeah. So like aluminium is a funny thing. It's, it's you know, China is able to produce a material that looks like aluminium, but it's so far from it. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's that's there's, there's all other types of materials in there, like cheap materials. Yeah. That will, you, you can grab a, a an aluminium headlight, um, like an alloy headlight, and you grab one of theirs and one of ours, and it and it looks the same, but just the feel and the weight of it is completely different. Oh wow! So, th so those are some of the challenges we we, we face. We face but, yeah. but we we lack in in the sense that we can design and manufacture our own products, which gives mm. us a huge advantage. Yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's quite interesting because, I mean, there's so much stuff that you find on the internet, yep. like you say, and it, it looks the same. But I suppose someone only has to make the mistake once. Once. Yeah, yeah. and then they'll be back. Yeah. And believe it or not, some of that stuff um, is good for business because they'll end up buying it. Yeah. And then it, it, it doesn't last. And then there's this particular spotlight. It's a it's an 18-watt spotlight, which you can buy in Chinatown, for example. It looks so similar to one that we manufacture. And I had a customer take me on about it. And I actually wrote a blog about it, and it's on our website. And I invited him to come in and have a look at the differences. And he did, and he brought it, and I showed him ours, and we took images, and I posted it on that blog. And there's certain things they can reproduce and certain things they can't. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, it was quite apologetic, and we became mates and everything, and it's, it is a completely different spotlight yeah, like yeah you can take hours and actually submerge it in a glass of water you know for an hour or two without anything happening to it he had ridden in a in some some rain, rain or whatever that's it and the thing just stopped working altogether <laughs> so it is you know the world becoming a smaller place is a good and a bad thing and that type of thing so you know we've noticed we we lose some business to guys just ordering directly the problem with that is if it comes in it's wrong you stuck with it. Yeah. You've wasted it. And money. I mean, it's so expensive to send it back, even if you wanted to. You can forget about it. Those yeah. guys don't even take anything <clears throat> back, even if you wanted to send it yeah. back. You know? Yeah. Then there's, there's no advice. Mm. So this morning I had a, a lovely chap in the shop. Him and his son are building a CB650. And I have a lot of people that just come into the shop and just chat about this is what we want to do. And because we've been through it now through five years, there's almost anything we haven't in, that we haven't done. We haven't done, yeah. And um, and we just give them advice, you know, try this, try that, look at pictures on the internet, and we try and set them on the right track and so on. And then if he buys a taillight and it doesn't work, or he'd like, whatever, you know, they'll bring it back. And they'll say, listen, this one's not working, and I exchange it for something else and so on. So that's the advantage of, you know, supporting local business. And, well, for you, in, in fact, that you, can, that you can have that relationship with the store. And um, and it will help you out in in the long run, and if you need anything and so on. So, but we see slowly customers are starting to realize that, and we have a lot of guys that will order a headlight and it comes in it's made of plastic, mm. and then they'll put a fifty five watt bulb in it, and then the first time they ride out it's melted. It's melted. It's done. It's <laughs> done for. But anyway, yeah. every business has that challenge, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you first started and you want to do full that little shelf of yours, yes. How did you decide what to bring in? Oh, man, that, that was hard. So I asked Clint and I said, so what are you thinking? He says, look, every market's different and so on. And I decided, yeah, let me. So I brought in a twin headlight and I brought in a black twin headlight. I brought in a couple of taillights, like literally, I think it was three styles, one of each style, three headlights and about three or four different indicators. And that was it. That was my budget done at that, at that time. Um, because that's what I was looking for at the stage. I was looking to to fit new indicators, a taillight and a headlight, which is sort of like almost like the crux of a build. Not the crux, but a little necessity. You know, you're going to look at the headlight, you're going to look at the indicators and the taillight and so on. And that proved to be pretty spot on. Um, that headlight I still sell today, which is one of our popular sellers. 
and then from there it just um, expanded. You know, it's, there's a lot of trial and error with this market. Some months one thing will work and then it won't and so on. But so that's another reason why the business also took a while to grow is you spend money on certain products. So obviously the more you buy, the cheaper it comes to buy and the cheaper you Shipping can offer the, the yeah, yeah, and the cheaper you can you, you can offer the product as well. But and then, then you might you sit order, with some of this Exactly. Stuff so you'll order twenty of something and mm. to realize you've ordered yeah. a dud. But you wouldn't know that unless you made that mistake. Yeah, sure. And, sure. and 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 they'll tell you, listen, no, in the UK this is a very big seller. And here it just does itself, yeah. for example. Yeah. So that's yeah. been it. So over the last five years or whatever, you've have you got a feel of what's what what people are looking for? Pretty much, yeah. I think we, um, I'm, I'm I'm so involved in the sense of that I live it all the time. I mean, we're always on our phones and that type of thing. I'm always scrolling through pictures of. I mean, my Instagram feed is full of pictures of motorcycles and builds, <laughs> and yeah, I follow everybody. Yes, and we see what everybody's doing, and um, I'm proud to say that a lot of the custom bikes out there whether the guys will admit it or not, have got our products on them. Yes. If you see photos of locally built custom bikes, there's going to be at least one bike with a Maxi, even if it didn't come directly from me. Because there's certain people that buy from me and then resell as well and so on. Sure. So we've pretty much, um, we, we're in touch with the market at the moment in terms of what, what they're looking for, um, in terms of the custom bikes and so on. I think we've pretty much got that nailed down. Then what we do try and do is bring in new items. And just keep that fresh as well, and keep trying new items, um, and keep evolving. So um, that sometimes is a difficult part. Like I saying, that it's, it's not always the easy part of investing that money and see what it's going. But yeah, normally if a guy comes in and I'm building a cafe racer, I need this, I need this, and then this, he'll leave with a box full of stuff. <laughs> and that's probably when, more than he bought. Yeah, for. <laughs> and that's when you know you're on the right track. Because <laughs> yes. if he left empty-handed, yeah. then you haven't got yeah. what people want. Yeah, yeah if he came in for a set of indicators and he left with, a, with an exhaust, uh, indicators, exactly. headlights and taillights, you know, you've got e- it right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of big players out there, which I don't have to mention names, but that buy, they are buying from us. Okay. Uh, so... Um, Wow. Which, which means, you know, they're enjoying what we're doing as well. And we get complimented all the mm. time. On Every now and again, I'm, I'm going to be honest, the R&D department will get it wrong. Okay. It's not often, but maybe one out of 100 products will get a product. And, you know, then luckily, Clint and I, we've got a very good relationship now. And we'll have a conversation. I'll say, listen, this product is not meeting um, and what would that be? A design? It could. It could. It, it's um, normally a material. Yeah. It's a func- so we had a particular taillight where it was a bulb taillight. So for your older um, classics and so on that are still using like six volt bulbs and that type of thing, um, it took a bulb. So the guy could put a six volt bulb or twelve volt. Bulb, but the lens, so it needed to be quite thin and smallish and so on. But the lens was too close. So what happened is they took a LED taillight and replaced the LED internals with sort of like a small bulb holder and so on. Not taking into account the heat that a bulb generates. Yeah. 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 So eventually it would sort of like melt the lens and I had a customer come back and then obviously, you know, I didn't replace with the same one. We offered the customer either another taillight or a refund or whatever. And then with that situation, then we have a conversation and say, listen, this is not going to work. So, it's unfortunate that we've got a, a close enough relationship that he now takes my word for it because they, sure. they're in the design and the marketing and so on. And I'm one of the only guys that's like owner run, but also ride and build motorcycles. Yeah. So they quite value our, our um, approach input, to things yeah. and our input. Exactly. Yeah. So when I say, listen, this product's not going to work, and then they'll immediately um, discontinue it. There's another little product. Was a, I got asked about it yesterday, in fact, on Facebook. It was like a Maltese cross taillight with okay. LEDs inside. And I discontinued that as well because the quality was just not there. So we're human, yeah. you know. And yeah. the, sometimes we've got to listen to the market, you know. With that particular Maltese cross, that was really popular, you know, with the Bobber guys and Holly sure. Davidson and so on. They love that Maltese mm. cross stuff. Like uh, West Coast exactly. customs kind of Exactly, thing, yeah. you know, they see it on TV. And so we said, okay, let's do something. But if it doesn't work, we, we, we ended up outsourcing, but it didn't work. You know, mm. the quality wasn't great. So yeah. if we do come across a product that's not, the quality is not always there, then we'll immediately, you know, get rid of it. And, and we pride ourselves in that. If you look at our ratings and reviews, like on Facebook and, and, and Google and so on, it's always about service and, and products. That's what yeah. we really base ourselves on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll rather have less products of a higher quality 
then have a whole array of products of, mm. of just bad quality. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Or substance. And I mean, you know, in those instances, like you say, you know, like we're all human and, you know, they, you know, the R&D department comes out with a new product that, you know, they're trying yeah. to, you know, stay ahead, else, you know, yeah. ahead of the curve or whatever, stay fresh. I mean, you know, when things go wrong, uh, you know, as a customer, I don't think you, I think it's what happens when you go back and say, listen, this didn't work, this is broken, it's melted or whatever. It's the reaction that you get. It's how you as a business yeah. deal with customer care that makes the difference. Because then the guy will forget that, you know, that... He okay, bought a dud or... Yeah, he bought a dud or it didn't work out or whatever. It's, yeah. it's I suppose it's when you go back and you get bad service. Yes. Then then it becomes, you know... The no, you're 100% right. The, 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 sometimes the difficulty we have is um, you do get naughty customers. Okay. You know, yeah, so they'll fit something. Mm. And while they're fitting it, you know, they'll scratch the paint, you know, on the item itself and so on, and they'll mount it. And it just doesn't suit the look of their bike. Sure. Cool. Okay. So then they'll come back and they'll say, listen, this doesn't suit the look of my bike. Mm. And I understand that. So where the challenges come is in the, when you've now got to take back a product that's been scratched. Yeah. Or damaged. Yeah. I can't resell. Yeah, absolutely. That product. So, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think we've got like one negative rating on Facebook and you guys can go look it up. And it was with a particular customer who fitted this ridiculous set of handlebars who wanted to argue with me that 22 mils and 7 eighths is not the same thing um, in terms of size. But he thought that you get a 22 millimeter handlebar and you get a 7 eighths handlebar. Basically, it's just how we call it because the Americans will... They work in inches, yeah. yeah. We know it's not exactly 22. It's 22 point odd, yeah. which we just rounded off to 22. Yeah. But the, the, the handlebars came back like they'd been through war. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I did refund him and and I knocked off 30% of the price because yeah. I said, look, I'm going to have to repowder coat them and so on. Yeah. And I thought I was being fair. Um, mm. So those are the, some of the challenges. But I mean, if a guy goes home and he puts it next to his bike and it doesn't work, then we know what that's like. We mm. know some things are going to work. Then we all fall, you know, exchanging something or okay. that type of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. And that's, uh, that's so important with a customer is that he can have that relationship um, with you. Yeah, so so when you first started the business and um, you got your first shipment in, how did you you know, let people know that you're out there. Was it Facebook marketing? Pretty much. I mean, I, I, yeah, I didn't have budget really. I mean, I'd blown everything, the little bit that I had <laughs> on bringing in the tiny little box. Like I said, this is really, <laughs> a, it was really from nothing. Um, and because being in media, like I'd mentioned, I knew the power of social media. Yeah. And it was, I mean, we were doing um, social media for business before there was business pages. We were using personal accounts. So I knew the importance of that and, and the power of that. And also how to use their profiling and demographics to demographics to attract certain people. Certain people, yeah. So it was literally through social media mm. and, and, and word of mouth. So yeah. Google ads and social media, even to this day, I don't think we've ever done one print ad. We've only done social media. Yeah. And and, and that was it. And it was I mean, I wasn't in the biking community or fraternity as such i mean i ride but i'm not a club guy mm. i i want to i want to ride when i want to ride i want to wear what i want to wear um i don't like the all those rules and and all of that I, I understand the concept behind it and 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 it's it's cool but it's just not you know i want to do what i want to do and i'll ride a german bike a japanese bike an italian bike i love biking in general so yeah. i don't want to be labeled Adventure, Harley, this, I've, I've got a Vespa, I'll either commute with a Vespa, I'll commute with the Triumph, I'll, so um, I wasn't in the fraternity at all. So it's not like I knew a thousand people in the biking fraternity and started yeah. the business. I knew nobody. Okay. I knew nobody. So it was, it was basically um, social media and word of mouth. Yeah, that's what mm. it was. Because I can actually remember first seeing your ads come across. Oh, yeah? Um I don't know where it was. Must be on Facebook or okay. something. And because um, because you know sometimes you get those companies that are the international companies, but they're advertising in South Africa. Yes. But like when you want to order something, it's coming from overseas. Correct. So that was the first thing oh, that okay. I thought when I saw Max Inc. Because 
I saw there was like an international aspect to it. Yeah. I thought, now, are these guys in South Africa? <laughs> well, but then I soon realized that you guys were in South Africa. So. That's why we try to put SA with everything. <laughs> yeah, Max Inc. SA. And we yeah. try to put SA. Because I have found um, one or two of them. And then you get quite excited. Because, I mean, I like to buy locally. Yes. As well. So I've got the advantage where I can buy locally as well if I want from local suppliers. And... Um, then I found a website the other day. I won't mention the name, but they had some pretty cool stuff on. And um, But yeah, everything comes from, then I realized, but they're basically just portals for other little online uh, or, for, or for the bigger online websites. So just yeah. portals for them, yeah. Okay. So we, if you look at all our images on our products, especially for Max Inc. and so on, it's all taken by Max Inc. or myself. It's all our own images. And if an item is out of stock, it'll clearly say out of stock. And we stock, uh, or we keep at least a 97% stock holding. Okay. So we will always have 97% of our entire range in stock. Yeah. And that's what, that's one of the advantages when a guy, he might find our headlights and a similar one, you know, but cheaper in China, whatever, he'll end up coming to us because we've got it. Yeah. Yeah. We've got it in stock. He can come to me, he can ask me advice, and he can buy it and, and, and so on. Yeah. So, Which is not easy to do in this market. When you're a one-man band and you started from nothing, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, you you keep just reinvesting and reinvesting in your business. And um, so to keep that kind of stockholding, and the guys, are, our customers are really chuffed that they can just walk in and walk out with a whole bag full of goodies yeah. to go build their cafe racer. Yeah. Because yeah. so. I've... I've because at one stage I was looking for stuff for my old BM and a exhaust in particular. And um, what's it? Flat racer in the UK. Yeah. I can think, oh, I should now got to order this. You know, it's in pounds. Yeah. And you got shipping. So when I first got my old BM, one of the exhausts had rusted through. So I ordered, um, what was it? Is it a British company? I can't even remember. It starts with an F. Anyway, they um, they had these replica um, exhausts. Yes. I think it worked out. It was 500 bucks for the thing. Yeah. By the time it was here, it cost me 1500 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and then they sent me the wrong exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is but fortunately, I mailed them and I said, listen, you sent me a stroke five exhaust yeah. instead of a I stroke I could have used seven. it on my bike. Well, I've still got it. It's over there okay. in the corner. I'll show it to you when we're done. Cool. And I just mailed them and I said, you sent me the wrong exhaust. So I said, okay, we'll send you another one. Oh, you got, and you kept the old one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good company. But then they still sent me the wrong one. Oh, they no. sent me the, the… Other side for the slash five. Yeah. No, no, no. no I wish I because <laughs> I, I, the problem is I can't sell it because I don't, have the, I don't have the pair. Yeah. But um, they sent me the wrong side of the the proper one, but the wrong side. So, uh, it, but I made it, it fit. And that's the other thing is that, so we're a legit business. And when I say legit, I see, I mean, we pay our taxes, we yes. pay our vets, we vet registered, we registered, we do all of those good things. We have our import code and we import all our stuff. And so a lot of people don't realize, you know, they'll see something, even if it's not the same, you know, a handlebar could be a hand, like a drag bar. Yeah. I mean, there's a million people making drag bars. Mine are 500 bucks. You can get them for 200 bucks online overseas. What you don't realize is what it costs when it lands here. Mm. Once we've got to pay shipping, clearance fees, VAT. do the exchange, and yeah. then the 15% of the VAT. People, yeah, a lot of people forget that 15% of all, of, not just mine, everybody else with a registered business, it's not yours. Mm. And it's not um, taken into account into your profit margin and so on. So you got to look at the ex-VAT price. That's actually what we're charging. Oh, the right. 15% is we've got to give that to the tax man. Yes. We're just taking it and then, you know, giving it to him, mm. his servants, slave to them, mm -hmm. the bastards. Yeah. So um, it is not cheap um, running a business here where everything is imported and you've got to rely on customs. Your planning's mm. got to be great because... You, you get the one know. customs officials in a bad mood and he's going to hold your shipping for a month just because yeah. he can. Yeah. So, um, but having said all that, I'd still rather be doing nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. 
So, because you know, I was going to ask you the question, what's it like importing stuff into this country as Hard. a business? Hard. Difficult. Yeah, I, th- I think especially the smaller companies like myself, and I, I know a lot of guys with small companies and so on, I feel we should give them, a, not leeway, but maybe leeway is the right word, but I think th- there's no understanding as to how you're affecting a small business when you hold the shipment for that long. Um, you could hold it for a month or for two months, they need to realize that you could close a business by holding yeah, the ship. Yeah, absolutely. Like and and um, the one month they'll charge you a certain uh, duty percentage. It'll be 15%. So you do all your pricing based on 15%. And then the next month it'll be 20%. So now all your pricing is out by 5%. Mm. But you can't just be putting up your prices by 5% because your customer is going to think, listen, you, you, I'm being ripped off here. Yeah. So... Um, Importing into yeah, it, it is difficult, and we fly most of our stuff in because containers are just takes too long and it's too expensive. It's and too, yeah. And yeah, so we fly, we fly everything in. But that's quite expensive though to fly stuff in, isn't it? It does. It 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 does work out a bit more expensive, but there's um there's a counter to that, which is why we can keep a ninety seven percent stock holding. Mm. So there's a lot of guys that I deal with that will bring in containers, and they will wait until they almost have nothing back in stock to have enough money to bring in another container. Sure. At that time, your customer is going to go look elsewhere Yeah. for that item. Yeah. And then you start getting the name, oh, they've never got stock, they've never got stock, and so on mm. and so forth. So also, if you consider the market for what I'm doing in the country is small enough to fly, it's not of the size that would demand me to bring you like to put a whole container yeah yeah it's, it, it yeah i would yeah. be sitting with that for yeah. yeah i'm sure if i was flush that way and i had the money lying around maybe i would and i just leave the container there and take out stock whenever i need it yeah but the reality is a bit different yeah to that yeah and also uh, like you i suppose you also got to understand the customer yeah it's like when he's um Pumping out his bike. They want it now. He's so excited. He he's got this vision in his mind. Of what he wants to and do. And you're gonna tell him he's gonna wait like a no. month or three months no. for the container to come with his with his one item in it. The he guy's gonna get frustrated. I always <laughs> score business every nearly every day I get a call from somebody um who who want. I said, look, I, you know, I do have, but it's not exactly the same as the OEM part or and so on. Mm. And he says, no, 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 it's fine. You know, the OEM guys, are, you know, I've got to wait 12 weeks or eight weeks. And the guys aren't prepared to wait six yeah. to eight to 12 weeks, yeah. and, you know, to get, their, to get their stuff in. So it is, it's, it's quite a challenging balancing act, having everything in stock at all times mm. and what people want and that, you know, that the guys can phone you. Do you have this? Yes, we've got it. And, and off we go. So that part of it has been, of the business, has been challenging. And we're also venturing off a bit into the adventure market now. Okay. Because I'm, I'm an adventure rider. Right. And I really like that side of things. Um, there in the West Rand where our stories is not, there's, there's nobody doing adventure stuff. Um, it's a pretty big market. And we get loads of requests for simple little things like, um, you know, your side stand enlarger, for example. Yeah. Or just like a tail bag. They're going camping and they want a tail bag and so mm. on. I was like, okay, well, you know, why not? Yeah. I'm in the biking game already. Might as well cater a little bit for the adventure guys. Mm. So, so you're getting your stuff from overseas for that? or you? So I, I get a lot of stuff locally. Yeah. I support a lot of the local guys. Wherever I can, I'll support yeah. local. So you know the guys from Great Gravel? Yeah. So yeah, that and, and, and um, you know, whether it's bike gear or the mm. OSA bags and ATG and mm. All of that, so I'll support as much locally as I, there's in the thing is with that type of gear, there's enough in the country, yeah. So, you know, Paulie from Touratech and yeah, um, all of that, there's enough in the country for you to support these guys. Mm. It's that with my products, I'm with the Max Inc. Essence, I'm literally one of the only guys bringing that type of stuff, stuff in, in yeah. from me, yeah, yeah. So, just to know, quickly, what kind of what if people don't know Max Inc., what kind of stuff are you bringing in? It's so yeah, so we're mostly known as custom accessories for your yeah. custom ride. Yeah. So if you're building a cafe racer, a bobber, a chopper, a street fighter, flat tracker, tracker, um, that type of thing, that's what we bring in. Headlights, taillights, indicators, mirrors, um, styling accessories, Indica- um, um, indicators, um, instrument panels, instrument what, panels, clusters, speedos, yeah. tacks, all that type of thing. Um, I must mention we have our own little fitment center now as well. Okay. So there's a lot of guys that 
want a cafe race sensor and they want to do a lot of it themselves. And then when it comes to the wiring and that type of thing, they're not really sure on, on how to do it. Mm. So it's a small fitment center. It's enough. It's one bike at a time. Then I'll fit. Anything we sell will fit. Yeah. Our headlight, taillight, indicators. We do a lot of alarms as well. We're doing a cool thing. Um, it's a bit of a gimmick, but it's cool. Like you can remote start your bike, sure. that type of thing. So on. Alarms are very important at the moment. Bikes are being stolen. Mm. So on a Saturday morning, you come in and you come and visit us while you're having a cup of coffee. We'll install an alarm, and um, it's cheap enough to do it. So that's the essence of what we do: custom accessories for custom rides. Mm. We don't really sport bikes. There's a lot of guys doing sport bikes. We don't get involved in sport bikes at all. I've got one or two grips, maybe one or two other items for sport bikes. Um, that's some cruiser stuff and now adventure stuff, but. Primarily, we've been known as if you're building a custom ride or restoring a ride, then MaxSync was the was the go-to place. Sure, sure. And then, um, like in terms of your riding and um, bikes that you've had, uh, how long you've been riding? Um, geez, I th- my first bike was a DT50. <laughs> yeah, back in back the in the day. Back <laughs> in the day, yeah. my DT50, which I hustled and sold, and I took the check out of that guy's hand straight to another guy for a GS 550. <laughs> the guy was immigrating and um, his back was up against the wall. It was just like 24 hours before he was leaving. He still had the bike. And I bought a Suzuki GS 550 for 2,200 Rand in <laughs> absolute pristine <laughs> mint condition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are beautiful bikes. Eh? Oh man, that thing yeah. ran beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. I had the blue one mm. with all the chrome and then I saved up to put a cowley pipe on it and so on <laughs> back in the day. Um, so I've been riding from, I think that DT was originally my sister's. It was a hand-me-down. And I think I was about um, 12 or so when I was riding that already. Holy shit. Yeah. So um, I couldn't even touch the f- floor properly at that stage. Mm. And then, yeah, so progressed a couple of things from there. And then i got a couple of bikes now. I really started enjoying the Vespa scene. Mm. Um, I know Tony from, from Movie Speed Shop quite well, and him and his dad always telling me, you know, listen, once you ride a Vespa. But, yeah. <laughs> and they were so right. Yeah. I mean, it really puts a smile on your face, and it's it's the basics of biking. Yeah. It's really, really down to earth, the basics of biking. Yeah, the old ones. That we're talking Yeah, the ones. classic no, we're talking old ones. The ones with four gears and a clutch. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got two of them now. Um, I've got a Betty as well, a, oh, yeah. a 1970-5, okay. which I restored uh, to original condition. Mm. Um, I've got a 79-750, which we've turned into a Cafe Racer Yamaha Triple, mm. which they're really scarce. It was a weird bike in the sense of it had a kickstart, an electric start, um, dual front discs, heavy cast wheels, um, shaft driven. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, that's our... Our cafe racer, and then I've got a seventeen Triumph Tiger, uh, which I really enjoy. Mm. I think Triumph did a fantastic job on that bike, and I bike as much as I can. So we don't just talk the talk. Yeah, and I will try out a lot of our own products as well, whether it be on the adventure bike on the cafe racer. I'll often change the headlight. Yeah, um, I'll change the indicators. I'll change clocks. And then, believe it or not, purposefully, like if it's raining, that type of thing, we'll go out on the cafe racer and we'll see if, if it withstands certain weather conditions and, and so on. Um, and so we te- we're testing, we're testing all the time. All the time, every, yeah. every product. So we've got, we've basically got bikes to test just about everything and we're always changing. Mm. On our own cafe racer, we put um, the remote start just to see how it would work on an older bike. Um, my Triumph is completely kitted out with all, most of the stuff that we sell just to see how so when a guy comes in for a tire pressure monitoring system you've got first hand experience of how yeah it you works. guys have tried it you've used yeah, it you know some of the ins and outs exactly and we can sell it with you know yeah and a customer can easily see a customer knows they're smart they'll know immediately if you're talking nonsense or not <laughs> so and, and if you speak about a product with conviction that you've used it and you know it works customer will know immediately and that's where the confidence comes in into buying our stuff yeah. So I just love biking in general. I know there's a lot of guys that'll only ride sport bikes, only ride Harley, or only ride a GS. Man, I, anything. I've had. I've had. A, yeah, I had an infield. Um, unfortunately, new, newer than yours. Yours yeah. is the better one. <laughs> um, 
and I enjoy that tremendously. Yeah. Um, I just love biking in general. If yeah. I'm on a bike, happy place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's why I've got three. Yeah. Mm. Like you get into this thing, oh, I want that one. Because like, it's it's nice to have a bike, but it's nice to have a couple of bikes because they've got different characters. Not only that, but I also see like purpose. Yeah. Like the Triumph is nice for touring. Mm. So I can put the missus in the back, you mm. know, and fill up all those big stainless steel, what are they, Banyas, aluminium boxes, Banyas, and uh, off we go with all of that. And I'll put a, you know, and we, we look like we know what we're doing, and off we go. <laughs> and then sometimes you get in the cafe race and you just get that nostalgic feel, yeah. you know. And then you're just banging around town. Or yeah, and then the Vespa is just like, yeah. it's okay if you hit the mud guard, it's fine. It's just my little run around, you know. So they all have their little purpose as yeah, well. Yeah. So what I really need now is a pure off-roading bike but like an enduro um yeah i think even something older just that i i used to go like with a friend XT of mine exactly <laughs> yeah even i'll even take a klr you know anything yeah. just that you don't mind bashing it up when yeah, you go yeah. off-roading so I'd, i have i've been quite a bit with with the um triumph um but the problem with that is it's still quite an expensive bike yeah and i like my bikes being well looked after well, well, and it's not a bike know. that i want to bang up yeah sure. i don't have the bucks just to go buy another one you know mm. so um i'm looking at like a little off-road bike that i can still enjoy my off-road riding as well yeah because apparently that yeah. makes you a real biker i'm not uh. sure but <laughs> <laughs> so the off-road guys will tell you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah i suppose we could debate that yeah. you know it's i suppose it's um very much like the discussion about you know what are the best tires have on your bike you know oh what gosh. is the best what is the oh best bike to geez. to own is it a KTM or is it a BMW oh when it comes geez. to adventure bikes yeah. or a Triumph I know me, like no with me I mean uh, you know I'm riding the 1200 GS you know and I'm it's biased. a 1200 GS of course I'm biased of course you're gonna be you come to me with a KTM I'm gonna say, nah. yeah yeah no exactly but also yeah. it's funny because I'm a, I test rode a, a an 1190s a couple of years back. And I was like, but like, you're not used to the bikes. I'm used to my GS and I know what my GS can do How and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then I was like, yes, in traffic, I've got to keep on dropping gear, you know. Yes. You know, yeah. And then the like with my BM, I just, you know, I just, yeah. I hardly have to change gears because, you know, I can slow down and accelerate. In the same still, gear. Yeah, in the same gear. So, but I suppose, and then I'll be, ah, oh, no, that bike shit. Meanwhile, it's actually not. It's just. It's different. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, you just. Not used to riding that yeah, bike. I really believe that at the moment, they pretty much all know what they're doing. Yeah. I think it's naive to say that. I think one will have um, not necessarily better, but different characteristics from another. Like you mm. were talking about the low down talk of the BM now and so on. Um, but they're all good bikes. Mm. I mean, the engineering in these bikes at the moment is amazing. If you look at the suspension setup of the GSs, of the KTMs, of the you know it's just they're amazing amazing bikes and brand um is going to play a part if, if you've always had bmw cars and that type of thing you're naturally going to lean towards a bmw bike yeah that's right uh, the marketing of triumph you might lead towards the market you know or, or ktm but i'm telling you what doesn't matter which one of those you buy Mm. My opinion is you're landing up with a good bike. Yeah, sure. And yeah. once you start riding it, you will learn its quirks and you will adapt to its quirks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, it's you, you. You won't come across a guy riding a Triumph Tiger and say, "I hate this bike." Mm. Same for GS and same for KTM. So I think that proves my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if they're not happy with it, they'll go and buy the one. That they yeah, want. yeah. But I mean, you see a guy in a KTM, he's, oh, I love this bike, best bike I ever had. Yeah. If you ask me about my Triumph, I'll tell yeah, you. The same thing. This, yeah, I love <laughs> my bike. Thing, yeah. And you with your GS. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah, they all know what they're doing. It's <laughs> personal preference at the end of the day, I think. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, you mentioned earlier your shop is is uh, based in um, Trugersdorp? Yeah. Yeah. In a little uh, place called Factoria. Okay. Um, in Barrett Road in Krugersdorp. So what happened mm. was, um, before any of this, I had a um, a blog about cafe races. Right. And I just wanted it to be a portal where people can go on and talk about, because um, I was looking for parts. And being in the media space, I thought, well, let me promote like a blog where guys can go and chat about, you know, hey guys, I'm looking for an exhaust for my slash five. You know, or I'm building a cafe race, I'm looking for a seed cow. Just a place where you could exchange ideas and get ideas and get info out of one another. 
So in order to get that biz here, I invited businesses to advertise on there for free. Right. Which was a new concept altogether. I phoned businesses and I said, listen, I've got a website. I want you to have, no, no, I'm not interested, but it's for free. Oh, okay. And then- the, Like, and what's the catch? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, there's no catch. And I said, okay, if I've got these guys advertising on there, they'll tell their mates as well and so on. Yeah. And it'll all work in my favor. I wasn't looking at making money out of this website. It, mm. Again, it was purely out of the passion of the thing. Yeah. So one of the guys that- um that I called, owned a business called um, Custom Creations Motorcycle Works. Yeah. And his dad started the business in the late 70s, and they do spray work and customizations and so on. So literally what I did, if you, if we go back a little bit, I, I said to you that this time I wanted to do things my way. And one of the things that I, I did not want to travel, I used to travel like 220 kilometers every day to work and back. And because I stayed out in the deep, deep south, where the south begins, and I worked in the north, and that type of thing. So all this traffic, get them on a Friday at 8 o'clock, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. So literally what I did is I looked at all the businesses, and I looked at the one closest to my house, which was Custom Creations, and it was 10 kilometers from my house. Mm. And I phoned up Ryan, and I said, Ryan, I've got a proposition for you. I'm doing some stuff. Can I come see you? And he's very cool, and he said, yeah, come around. So what happened now is after I started Maxing Online, I was doing it from home, but I had quite a lot of calls that guys wanted to come in and see and touch and feel the product. And obviously, I didn't want that to be at the house. I thought it was unprofessional. Yeah. Um, also, there's the security reasons and all of that. So I needed a small premises. I was still coming off a very low base. So I needed premises that were um, just big enough, um, but that I could afford as well and not too far from my place because I wasn't doing the driving 100 kilometers thing anymore. So I went to Ryan with a boot full of headlights and taillights and indicators. And I said, Ryan, these are my products. I've just started a business called Max Inc. Um, I need a small space. Um, I think it'll you know, it'll benefit you guys are coming there for customizations. They can at the same time shop around, get a he headlight or taillight, whatever, mirrors or exhaust, and, you know, he can fit it to their bike and so on. And that's exactly how it worked out. Okay. And I've been there. We opened there in January 2015. And he's he's a tremendous guy. Um, he runs a great business, and it really works hand in hand. We work well together. And, um, yeah, you just got to be in the in the smallish market that we're in with the custom bikes. You got to be really careful, unless you've got backers who've given you three, four, five bar, you know, to open a business. Um, you just got to like keep your overheads as low as possible, you know, that you can still bring your customers quality products and so on. Yeah. So um, I've been there since 2015. Like I said, we were in that little room and he was in the bigger space. Eventually, we grew to a point that he moved into the smaller space because he really just needs an office because he's got a much bigger building where they do all the spray painting and cutting and finishing and all of that. So he just needed a reception office, so we swapped spaces. So that's where we are now, and we fitted all our, our products and so on. So, yeah, it's been good. That's great, right? And that's where we are, yeah. Awesome, man. Sounds like... Uh I like I like the whole idea of something growing organically. It's not this just like it wasn't forced. Yeah, you know, I yeah, really yeah. really believe in it. Not forcing something. Mm. You know, um, guys are saying, "Oh, why don't you open a branch in here? And why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you?" It'll happen mm. when it's meant to happen. Yeah. If 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 it's gonna happen, it'll happen. And if it's meant to happen, you yeah. know, just organically, slowly, you grow slow. You grow with a solid foundation. Yeah. All the businesses that have been around for 20 years and 30 years will all have that one thing in common. They didn't rush it. They grew organically with the business. You all hear them saying, oh, we started off very small down there in a little shop, and then we moved over here and then over here. Mm. And that's sort of like my philosophy on things. It's just yeah. letting things Not play large out. large overheads. Exactly. Yeah. Lots of money. Because a lot of guys showboat. Yeah. They showboat. They go buy things for their shop, you know, like um, ornaments that will cost 30K to put in a corner just to say, hey, look at my ornament. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know, rather uh, rather give your customers what they want at a price that they want. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of your business, you're saying people want to come inside and they want to check the item and feel yes. it and whatever. I mean, are they, do you have customers that you are selling to online? So, at, 
more than 65% of all our business is online. Okay, that's great. So we ship countrywide. We were literally one of the first guys, if not the first in the country, to ship motorcycle products countrywide um, as a platform for business. So um, in the beginning, it was a bit, you know, people don't really trust you, and I'd get a lot of calls, you know, are you a scammer? And, you know, this, it takes a while to build trust. Yeah. But I think we're pretty much there now. I think we've got about twenty-two or 23,000 followers on Facebook, organic followers. Mm. So we've never paid for followers or anything like that. And um, with, with, I think, a 4.9 rating on Facebook in terms of service and that type of thing. But it's – so I knew that the market was so small that you can't concentrate just in one town, no matter what that town is. Yes. So you'd need to capture the entire country. And and now we ship all the, from Katu to I think every corner of the country we've shipped to. So every day, every morning we ship orders, send them out. Um, in Joburg, uh, the guys who like order before 10 a.m. get their stuff the same day. Right. And then if they order after 10, they'll get it the following day. And then, yeah, we ship to Cape Town a lot. Cape Town is, is a very good market for us as well. Joburg is still the biggest market. But online is literally where we're at. I mean, where we are, I mean, you know, out in the West Rand, you know. So this is always my thing about, you know, customers always giving us advice. Oh, you should be here and you should be in the north or you should be in, in Rosebank or you should be. I don't, you know, being an online store, we can be just about. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. And as bikers, I'm of the belief that if you really want something, you'll drive there. Mm. You'll drive and go look and go look at no matter where the place is. I've driven to the ends of the earth to buy bike parts. Mm. So, um, you know, the guys will come and they'll drive out. I can't be everywhere. You know, if I move to the south and they go and they ask me, why am I not in the west or the north? And vice versa. So you can't be anywhere. So I took the online shop and, and the trust has now grown. Yeah. They've, they buy once. You'll notice that the guys will buy something really small and a bit cheaper. They'll buy something for two, three hundred bucks. Just to see, you know, do they get it? What's yeah. the quality like, and so on. Then once they've done that, then the next order will be a little bit bigger. And then, before, I mean, we've got guys doing entire builds, and the first time they see their products is when it gets shipped off or or, la or lands by them, yeah, from a yeah. percentage, yeah, yeah. So yeah, online is very important mm. to us, yeah. And yeah, that's great because I'm always interested because I, I I get the impression that South Africa is a bit behind, or people still don't trust the whole process Correct. of ordering stuff online because. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy, if I can order online, I'll order online. 100%. Because by the time I decide to buy a product, I've already done my research and I know exactly what I'm buying and yeah. et cetera. Yeah. It's just finding the what right person want. to buy it from and get the right Getting price. Getting the right that. price, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, and we try, we really try. And if you go read the descriptions on our products, there's always multiple pictures of the item. Um, nine out of ten times the sizing and, and dimensions of the product. We'll mention under the spec sheet, we'll mention what the material is made of, or what the item is made of, um, what it can do, what the wiring is like, and so on. So we try and make it as easy as possible for a customer to make a decision and buy an item online. Awesome. So if you go on to one of our products and if you take the time to read it, I know a lot of the guys just look at the pictures and don't bother with anything <laughs> else. Um, but if you take the time to read the description and read everything that's on there, we've given you enough information to make an informative decision if this is going to work for you or not. And again, no, pretty proud of that as well because, I mean, up until that point, um, even the biggest stores in the country that existed back then and so on weren't doing online shipping the way we we started, the way yeah. we were doing it. You know? Yeah. Well, online shopping, you know, they thought, well, nobody, nobody's going to do it in South Africa. Nobody's going to – but you gotta, you got to evolve. Yeah, you know, you got to start. Someone's got to start it, and it's got to mm -hmm. move. Because at that point, other people were doing. You know, Woolworths was doing it. Everybody else was doing online shopping in 2015, but the biking market wasn't really. Yeah. Um, forgive me if there is one or two that was doing it that I don't know about. But at that time, when I did my research, there was really nobody doing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, basically, the places that you buy stuff online was from overseas. Correct. Yeah. There was nobody uh, locally was, doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. like with the BM, with my BM, um, I bought a couple of things online. Seat cover, some gaskets, you know, that kind of stuff. 
I suppose I could have just gone down the road to Sitec <laughs> and put them. I don't know. It's I love that like, shop. Yeah, where Sitec. Yeah. yeah, no, well, Don, Don's cool. Um, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Okay. Sometime. Yeah, no, he said he'll he'll come. It's just he's very busy. Well, then you go. No, he's got a good he's got a good thing going there. I mean, he's he does, yeah. also that's another business that's been around mm. a hell of a long time. Yeah, I know. Also yeah. started by his dad. Yeah, yeah. And if you go look how they started that yeah. business as well, you know, yeah. and what's it been to look? The whole family works there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know what I like about about is the customer service and the exactly. relationship building the relationship, that you yeah. um, like so much so that I take my GS there to get service no, exactly because exactly. you know it's, that rela- it's, a, it's exactly what yeah. you're saying it's that yeah. relationship of taking a bike to someone yeah. that you can have a cup of coffee with and discuss what it is that you need yeah. done on your bike when yeah. I have my BM as well um, Donovan built my uh, Betty, he, he okay. did the whole mode I actually uh. bought the bike from him okay wow yeah. that's cool so, um, and, he, and he definitely knows you know, yeah, no, doing, listen, you know. have you seen, have you seen like when he does a full restore on yeah, a bike, no, when it no. comes out, it looks like it came off the showroom, yeah, you know, off, out the factory, you know, yeah, no, it's awesome incredible. stuff. Yeah. No, I love, I so love the, the online shopping does. thing. It was so new back then for bike parts that I would have on various occasions, I had a customer phoning me, they would, so would, they would order, but they wouldn't make payment. So you could choose to do a card payment or, okay. or EFT. But then the item would ship there for two, three days, or sit there for two, three days. Just waiting to be... Just waiting, the guy wouldn't pay, eventually yeah. on the phone. And I'd say, sir, you know, you ordered this taillight, um, do you still want it? He yeah. says, yeah, I'll send it. I said, okay, like, um, you know, the banking details are on. He says, no, no, send it first, if I get it, and I'll pay you for it. <laughs> That's how new online bank, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, online yeah. Uh, shopping was. Shopping was, yeah. At at the yeah. time, that the guys were so scared that they were going to get yeah, this yeah, they're not going to yeah. But I suppose there is a there is a level of trust that you there has to be yeah, yeah. because I mean, like you you're parting with your money before you've even received yeah. the. But item. we do that with everybody else. Yeah, you know, we <laughs> do that with everybody else. So uh, the customer's got to be smart. Yeah, he's got to be smart. Do his yeah. research. Read all the reviews. You know. Yeah, and buy from um, a, a legitimate business. Uh, exactly. There's some exactly, accountability yeah. there. No, no, hundred percent. You've got to do your and, and, and support businesses that that are keeping products mm. and um and that are giving you good service and yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah, but I like the fact that you say that you've you're carrying stock of ninety ninety seven percent of your catalog because. You know, it's like I said. You know, there's the the kind of community it is. Is that when yeah. they're busy working on their bike, they want that part. They want it, and that's and that's <laughs> but that's I so did. cool. Yeah. And that's what I love about about SciTech is because um, yeah, yeah, you want the needle for your cob from yeah. 1975. Yeah. He's got it in the little He's box. Got it. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, if you go to BMW, you're gonna wait two, three weeks. Exactly. They'll order it for you. Yeah, you're gonna wait, two, three weeks. But uh, yeah, and this, and this is what I say. Like, like, I mean. Whatever money you make out of a business, you know, you buy, you keep just enough to buy bread and milk, and the rest goes straight back, back into the business that you can keep. Because I said, if I'd start a business, I want to keep stock. Yeah. We have the catalogs now almost 900 items. Really? Yeah. Wow. And at first glance, it doesn't look like it, but there's mm. so many like little things on there as well. Yeah. That, um, you quickly realize, shit, this is, this is huge. Yeah. So to keep stock of all of that at any given time. Yeah. He's a, he's a huge feat. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, but yeah, but, but I cool. think that's what helps. What that's what's helping us grow as mm. well. You know, is, 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 yeah, is, is having stuff. Suppose it's always nice to know that, like, your customers know where they be able to get their stuff from. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, no, okay, I want this thing from my buyer. I'm gonna go to Max. Yeah. And I think they find it so cool now that they can just add to cart, pay. The next day they've got it. No long yeah. stories. Yes. No, oh, it's coming in two weeks and mm. nothing. Now, there's customers, as much as we love to cu- talk to customers, there's customers that buy a lot from me that I've never spoken to. <laughs> they buy online. Yeah. We've got that online relationship. That's he awesome. orders, I pack it, it goes, he gets it, he's happy, finished. Done deal, yeah. Done deal. Yeah, yeah. awesome. That's great. Uh, and then uh, in closing, because we're up for an hour now, so... Generally, it's a good time. It's been an hour already. Yeah, I know. Time flies when you're having fun. fun. Um, Future plans? I mean, you're just going to carry on doing what you're doing. Just just carry on doing what we're doing. Yeah, we've just built a little uh, fitment center. And I'd like to help the guys fit stuff to their bike. Yeah. Uh, We got got a lot of that. And you don't realize how much um, 
other people don't know how to do because you know how to do a lot of it, you know. So, mm. but there's a lot of guys out there that don't have the time or the knowledge to do some of the stuff themselves. Yeah. So I think the Fitment Center has been a great help. We just helped a guy with a CV750, which we recently posted on Facebook with headlights and this and that and so on. And um, so now we, we're offering that service to fit in the stuff. I want to grow the adventure market as well because I'm really passionate about the adventure market as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I think at some point I would like to, um, I'd like to build bikes and, and sell them. Like build custom bikes in there? Yeah, but I don't want to build them for a customer. Okay. Um, I want to build a bike like I want to build yeah. it. Yeah, and then sell and it. Sell it. Yeah. it gets very tricky. The guys that are building bikes right now for customers, I mean, I take my hat off to them and I admire them. But that's a very tricky business mm. because the customer will watch a TV show and, you know, that bike had a, this seat and now I want to change my seat after the seat is done. And, and, and like you don't walk you know, into Mercedes, like, build my car like this. Mm. You just, you look at one. And say, okay, that's what I like. Correct. You like yeah. it and you buy it. Yeah. So that's what I want to offer. Mm. I'd like to build bikes. <laughs> like I want to build bikes. Yeah. Have them done on the showroom floor. You walk in, you want a cafe race. So there it is. choice. Yeah. And you buy a cafe yeah. So yeah. Obviously you can make minor changes from there as well and so on. Mm. I think that's, kind of yeah, that, I think that's <clears> the next, um, that would be the next. I don't know how long that's going to take. I know yeah. it is in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to take a year or two years or three years. I don't know. Well, I suppose you, like you say, you build a bike for yourself. Yeah. And then you just park it in there. And if uh, yeah, one day I someone mean, walks in and says, hey, listen, I, I really like that. Uh, is it for sale? Is you it say, for sale? Absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it's going to come to because yeah. the, the cafe racer that I built for, for Max Inc., um, at least once a week, I get an offer on that bike. No, oh, there you go. You know, there um, you go. So. Uh, people seem to, to to like what we're doing and so on. Mm. So we pretty much have got it down now and we keep evolving. So that's exactly right. So the next yeah. bike I build, it will be for sale. So yeah. I think that's the next step for, for Max Inc. is being able to, we've got the parts, we've got the knowledge and we've got now five solid years of dealing mm. with custom bikes every day. Um, so I'd like to build a bike and, and put them on for sale. I think that's the next step for us, yeah. Well, that's great, JC. Cool, man. Thanks so much for coming through. Thank you for having All me. All the best for the future, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be going well. Thank you. Thank cool. you very much. Cheers, man. Thanks, man. And that was it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, if you're into motorcycles and you're looking for some accessories, you know where to go. All the links are in the show notes as usual. And, of course, always looking forward to hearing your feedback. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time.